it's, this is officially summertime, right? Like Memorial Day weekend is kind of like the kickoff. And, and so most people think about summertime is a time to go to the beach. And so, and that's where we have quite a few families this weekend. What if I told you that you got an all-expense-paid trip to the beach? Yeah? You'd be ready to go? Well, but you're going to have to pack, right? You've got to pack some stuff. And so, of course, you're going to, you know, pack your snacks and things like that. But you've got to get some essentials, you know. And so you've got you to gotta make sure you bring your beach towel. So Kyle Stroth gave me this. This was a gift. So you've got to get your beach towel. And then you need your... For those of us who have fairer skin, we've got to have our sunscreen. These are all the things we need to bring. Now, um, you probably have not noticed, but I'm starting to lose my hair. So, we're going to need a hat. Make sure that we don't get any sunburn on the back. I mean, and then you got to bring your gear, right? So, I got my got my squirt gun. It's not loaded. I, just, I got my Dora the Explorer bucket. And my towel's going to go right here. That's wrong. That's wrong. And I got my little scoopy shovel so we can dig. And... Uh, Got my fidget spinner so I can just sit on the beach and, and just sit and chill. I'm going to hide this because some of you guys won't be able to pay attention. I got my boogie board with me. So now we're ready to go to the beach. <laughs> now, we got all our gear. But what if I told you that the beach that you're going to is the beach at Normandy during World War II? This isn't going to prepare you, is it? When the bullets start flying and I'm trying to protect, this thing's not going to cut it. My hat isn't going to protect my head. My super soaker sure isn't going to intimidate anybody. You would be so unprepared and you would be caught off guard. You wouldn't have the right gear. You would be a sitting duck ready to be picked off. Knowing the battle that you're going into would really affect the way you prepared for it, wouldn't you? Yet, when it comes to everyday life, we are in a battle like no other. And yet, often we fail to forget the battle that we're in. We forget the war that we're in, and we don't prepare for the war that we're in the middle of. And you see, this war is is a war like no other war. It's a spiritual war. We live in a war zone with guerrilla warfare, where there is an enemy hiding, and he's seeking to ambush you when you least expect it. And there are sights locked onto you, waiting to take you out. And the enemy's not just out there. It's within. Our flesh, the sinful desires. Thank God he prepares us. He says, I know the war you're going to. I know which beach you're going to be landing on. And I know this isn't going to cut it. But I have provided for you something that will. God says, The world, the flesh, and the devil are going to seek to devour you. But I will warn you, I will prepare you, and I will equip you for this battle. 
Now, the world is the, the way of thinking, a way of living, a way that seems right and full of life, but in the end leads to death. And the flesh, that's, that's the part of us that wants things its own way. It's the, it's the desire to be our own God, to live independent, autonomous, however we want. And then there's the devil who absolutely abhors God and anyone who follows him. And so God says, I want to prepare you. So if you would turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. And Brandon has been amazing. He actually got us verses on the screen so that if you don't have a Bible with you, you can follow along. But if you do have your Bible, I would encourage you to open that up. Thank you, men, for putting this together. Check, check. Testing one, two. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, amen. Much easier this way. This is God's very words to us. Let's go to the word. The Apostle Paul says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith which which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. There's a reality that we live in a war zone, a spiritual war. The spiritual battle is one that we can't avoid. We can't run from the battle. We can't dig a hole and hide ourselves from it. It is at our doorstep. Paul says we are going to have to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. This, did you see who this battle is against? It's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly place. 
these sound like some really legit, nasty guys. When I think about the movies and I think about Marvel and all the different, you know, good versus evil, and I think about, like, the, the evil characters, it's like these evil characters in the movies seem like pretty small change compared to these guys. These are legit powers that we're going to battle against. And let's be honest, a lot of us, particularly when we're younger, but we feel pretty invincible. As, as I'm moving on in life and, and my body keeps breaking down more and more, I feel less confident in, in my invincibility. But there was a time I was just talking to a guy that I played basketball with. He's 28 years old. I'm 42 years old. I still could hang with him. But, I mean, he was so much stronger, faster, and it's like, man, I had a hard time keeping up with him. But he even said, I'm realizing, wow, like I get older, I'm just not as strong as I used to be. We are frail and weak. And time shows us that. Yet, for some reason, it seems like we approach this spiritual war like we can handle it. Or, or maybe we don't even think about it. We're just blissfully ignorant going through life. And yet, bullets are flying all around us. And we're just going along. So how in the world do we make it through this battle? Well, he says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. We're going to have to look to the Lord and his strength. But, but how do you do that? And that sounds like one of those Christian things you say, but like practically, how do you do that? Well, you're going to have to have some tactical battle gear. And Bob Grove is going to come up and model. No. I've talked to Bob about tactical battle gear, though. And and he's like, yeah, I've got some of this stuff. And so I borrowed some. The Apostle Paul says, if you are going to withstand the attacks of the spiritual forces of this world, we have to take up the whole armor of God to withstand the onslaught of the enemy. I was recently listening to a sermon by J.D. Greer. Uh, he's the author of the book, uh, Jesus Continued, that we have been going through. And as you know, we've been in a series on the Holy Spirit, and Albert was going to preach one of the, the last messages of the Holy Spirit series, but you're getting this message today, because that's what the Spirit has for us today. But J.D. Greer, uh, in this, this sermon, he said, what Paul is doing here in this passage is telling us how to apply the gospel to our lives. Each of the components of the armor that we're putting on is really just another way to rehearse the gospel. The gospel meaning the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ and all that he has accomplished, all of the promises that have been secured, all of who you are now in Christ Jesus, all that has been now given to you, you need to now put on if you are going to withstand the attacks of the enemy. And you notice he says, finally, he's closing out the chapter. He's not giving us something new. He's just been telling you, this is who you are in Christ. This is what Christ has done. This is the riches of blessing. While you were yet an enemy, God saved you. And now he says, and I want you to explain how I'm gonna, you are going to apply that as a husband, as a wife, as a child, as a worker. And, he's, and then he closes out and he says, and remember, you're in a spiritual battle. And if you're going to make it, you are going to have to Build your life. Clothe yourself with the truth of Jesus Christ. How are you going to withstand 
through Jesus Christ, through all he's accomplished for us, and that is what will protect us. That is how we will stand firm against the attack of Satan. Growing and knowing the truths of the gospel, resting in the promises that Jesus has secured, that's how we stand firm in the Lord and in the strength of his might. So let's look at our tactical gear. Verse 14 says that we're going to need to stand firm, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. Now, uh, a Roman soldier, remember, written thousands of years ago, right? They would have worn robes. And these robes, long and flowy, would have been very comfortable. Yet when you went into battle, and think about it, I was going to try to, to, I'll turn it the other way so nobody's offended. You know, if, if this was hanging down long, the potential for me to, to not be able to walk quickly and easily would be, be high, right? Uh, think about when you were little. Did you ever wear one of mom or dad's t-shirts and they came all the way down past your toes and you're walking along, but of course your feet get caught up in it and you stumble and you fall. Well, so these Roman soldiers would have a belt and they would kind of hike up their robe. They'd put the belt around and hike up the robe so that the, the robe was up high enough that their feet wouldn't get tangled up. They wouldn't stumble and fall. Paul says, look, you're going to have to, to clothe yourself with truth so that you don't stumble and fall. You need to know the truth of God, and the truth will set you free. You have to know what you believe and why you believe it. It's not going to be enough to just say, oh, I grew up in church, and so I know these things. You need to be rooted deeply into the word of God and be convinced of what it says. You have to know what God says about things such as the purpose of life. That gentleman I told you about with basketball, we started talking, and I don't even know how it came up, but, but we were talking about the frailty of life and the people that we know that have passed away. And I said, it's only because of my hope in Jesus Christ that I have any ability to wrap my brain around life and death and meaning, purpose. And he says, yeah, you're right. You know, you have to have some kind of faith. If you don't have that, you will stumble and fall. How about understanding the truth about sexuality? Or about marriage, or about relationships, or about trials and suffering, or about your work. If you do not know the truth of God, the author and creator of all these things, we will stumble and fall in this battle. Think about how are you going to determine what is true and right Sometimes we, we rely on our internal compass, right? This just feels right. But is that going to really prepare you for battle? Or is there a strong sense that you might stumble and fall? What about just following popular opinion? Friends, teachers are going to tell you. Listen, the only way to escape the deception of the evil one is to know the word of God and to let the word of God shape your thinking. Doctrine is not just some set of truths to know. Doctrine is knowing God, the living God. Doctrine is alive. And it will protect you. Doctrines are survival. And wherever you are not covered by the truth of God, you are susceptible 
to the attack of the evil one. So we must put on the belt of truth. Paul goes on to say, here's the next part of your tactical gear. He says, after you've fastened the belt of truth, put on the breastplate of righteousness. Think about what the breastplate would cover. It would, it would cover the front midsection, right? And so, yes, it would cover my rock-hard abs. Bob, why did you laugh again? Each time he, he laughs at me. But the breastplate of righteousness would, would cover all the vital organs. So that when, when somebody was in battle, it would cover the heart. It would cover the kidneys. It would cover the liver. So that if you were attacked there, you wouldn't be killed. You must know, we must know where our righteousness comes from. Righteousness meaning what is the basis of our standing in right relationship with God. It has to be only because of Jesus Christ. It cannot be based on ourselves. Satan is going to tempt us with lies to say your right standing with God is based on you. And if that is where you find your righteousness, we're in danger of two things. One might be puffed up and think, wow, I'm a really good person. I don't need to be afraid of anything. I'm right with God because I've really tried to be kind and loving and I've given to other people. God says there's a day coming when people are going to stand before him and say, Lord, remember when I did all these things in your name? And he says, I never knew you because you never knew me. Now, the other flip side of this is, and most of us here are probably more tempted not to be like, yeah, I'm so good. And so that's why God loves me and he accepts me. Most of us are going to look at ourselves and say, my right standing before God is based on me and I don't measure up. I blew it again. I, I want to grow. There's this area of my life that I keep struggling with, but yet I seem to, to never conquer it. I don't seem to have enough faith. Man, I'm supposed to have joy and peace, but it just ebbs and flows. And if I really trusted God, then, then wouldn't it be just so much stronger in my life? And so then we feel this distance from God. But listen, if we have been clothed with, clothed with the breastplate of righteousness, if we've been clothed with Jesus Christ and his righteousness, it's based on him and not us. Nothing can then attack us in our vital organs because we know where we stand. We will be so secure because my greatest deeds or my worst deeds are never, ever good enough. But Jesus, he is. And he secured my right standing before God. And nothing will change that. And so I have to put that breastplate of righteousness on. I also believe that this breastplate of righteousness isn't just knowing my righteousness, but it's living that out. Part of withstanding the attacks of the evil one to win the battle is living out, pursuing righteousness because of the righteousness of Christ. I am not earning my righteousness. I am not earning relationship with God. But because Christ has secured that for me, I will now live out who I am. If you're not pursuing righteousness, you're vulnerable. You're vulnerable to the attacks of the devil. So let us clothe ourselves with the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. The third piece of our tactical 
gear. It says in verse 15, And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Roman soldiers would wear these shoes that they put nails through. Um, of course, the nails are poking out that way, not in. They're not walking on the nails. So, But these nails are out so that they would have really firm grip. They would have sure footing. In battle, the last thing you would want to have happen is to slip and fall. Listen, the gospel of peace, peace with God, we have to put on this gospel of peace where Christ tells us that our security, our eternal security is based on the peace that he has bought for us with his blood and know that nothing will separate us from the love of God. That is a sure footing. David says in the Psalms, Psalm 94, he says, I thought my foot slips, but your steadfast love held me up. The gospel that brings peace with God is a sure foundation that we must stand upon. He's placed us on a rock that won't be moved. And even though you might feel like you're in the battle and you're trying to stand firm, but man, you're just getting battered back and forth and you feel like you might stumble, put on the gospel of peace that says nothing will separate me from my Savior who gave his life for me. Do you notice, though, in this sentence, it says, as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. I believe he's also saying that one of the ways that we battle the war is by actually being ready to give a hope, give an answer for the hope that we have. So, so often I think we, we feel like we're just, we're in our Christian life and we're getting pounded. And if we would be telling others about Jesus Christ and our hope in him, that would strengthen our faith. That would prepare us even more for the battle. And it's going to be used by God. I was convicted of that. I've been playing basketball with a group of guys now for a while and they've accepted me and, and most of them are not believers and they know that I'm a pastor, but I've just kind of been floating under the radar. I haven't really talked about it. And God just, as I had prepared this for our, our graduates, started to think, I'm called to, to be ready. I'm called to stand firm in a way that I'm seeking to bring the gospel to others. And so I was much more intentional that last Friday that I played basketball seeking to look for opportunities to share about Jesus Christ. And, of course, God opened that door. And as I began to share with this guy, it, it strengthened me. So part of waging the war is actually sharing your faith. So, we've got a belt of truth. We have a breastplate of righteousness. We have shoes that bring peace and that are a sure foundation, sure footing for this battle. And he says, now we need to get the shield of faith. Let's look at uh, verse 16. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one. So, so how often do you need your shield with you? In all circumstances. Now, and sometimes, though, we show up to battle and I'm like, I don't have anything. 
And it's like flaming darts are going right through this. This is not what you want. You need a shield. And Bob Grove gave me this to bring up. This thing will stop bullets. It doesn't seem that thick, but I tell you what, when you've got the right thing, it can stop the attack. It fits in his backpack. We need a shield. And the, the Roman soldiers would have had a shield, uh, kind of a round, small one. Think of Captain America, okay? Captain, uh, heads are bobbing. Okay, I got you now. I know what we're talking about. And it's a shield that, that protects against the blows that are coming from swords, from other weapons. And this is a shield of faith. Now, what is faith? Faith is just believing what God says is true and living in light of that. Now, think about this. The very first attack of this war was in the Garden of Eden. When Satan went to Adam and Eve, he says, did God really say that? Surely not. God, you know what? God is actually trying to keep something good from you. He knows that if you eat from this fruit, you're going to be like God. And God doesn't want that. God is keeping good things. He is now going after the word of God to try to get you to not believe that or to warp that so that then you're vulnerable and he can attack. But the shield of faith, believing what God says is true. And living in light of that. Listen, we will hear lies. You're not good enough. You've sinned too many times. No way that God would forgive you or accept you again. That's not true. Because I know the truth tells me that I never was good enough. I was his enemy, and yet he gave his life for me. And if he would give his life for me when I was his enemy, how much more will he give me everything I need now that I am his child? I've been adopted by the living God. If God is for me, who can be against me? You're going to hear lies that say, it's okay if you mess around with this person. You don't really need to be sexually pure. It's okay to glance at something on the computer. <laughs> I know that that's a lie because it will affect my heart and that God has created me for something much more than that. You're going to hear lies that you're a failure and you don't have purpose. And you're going to, what does God say? And I have to believe that and live in light of that. And God says that I was made in his very image and that he has good works prepared for me in Jesus Christ. And that none of his plans for me are going to be stopped. And so I don't have to be afraid. And I do have value because God himself made me. Or maybe you hear, I'm only accepted because of my looks. So maybe I'm good enough looking or not good enough looking or all those things. No. Faith remembers the promises of God, the truth of God, and they deflect the enemy's lies. I want to ask you this morning, what are the lies that the enemy is throwing at you? What flaming darts of lies are coming at you this morning? Can you really trust God? Is he really going to be there for you? Is he faithful? What is the lie that you're believing? 
And now how do you hold up the, how do you hold up your shield of faith to extinguish that dart? Don't give in to the lies. Believe the promises of God. Believe the truth of God. He says, okay, so you've got your belt on of truth that's going to keep you from stumbling. You have a breastplate of righteousness. Nothing will change your standing before God. You have peace that comes through Jesus Christ, and you get to bring the good news of peace to others. And you have been given a shield of faith to extinguish the lies of the evil one. And now he says, and put on, and take the helmet of salvation. All right. This is a helmet. You don't go into battle wearing this. This isn't going to protect you. But this, this will. Your noggin's pretty important. You take a blow to the head, you're, you're in trouble. Now, think about who is Paul writing to here? Paul's writing to Christians. So when he says, put on, take the helmet of salvation, he is not talking about being saved. He's not talking about putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the first time. Now, if you have not put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, it is absolutely crucial that you understand that that is your only hope in this battle. But for a Christian, he says, you have got to put on the helmet of salvation. I think what Paul's saying here is, remember, you do not have to fear the one who can kill the body. You need to fear the one who can kill the body and cast the soul into hell. And if you know that God has already done, protected you, that he has already protected you from that, then you don't need to be afraid of the evil one who can only attack your body because you know that your soul has been saved. Nothing will separate you from him. So what can Satan do to you? If God is for us, who can be against us? He can afflict us. Oh, but he can't get to my soul because my soul has already been made alive through Jesus Christ and nothing will change that. Satan can never deal a lethal blow to the head now for those who are in Christ Jesus. Attack me all you want, but I know the one who has won the war. So there's nothing that you can really ultimately do to me. That's how you stand firm. He then says to take on the sword of the spirit. I was talking to the youth and and I love the show Forged in Fire. Have any of you guys seen Forged in Fire? Like a couple of us. This show is amazing. So these guys go in and they, they heat up the, the iron and then they pound it out and then they grind it and they, they take and make these amazing knives, these amazing swords. And then they test these swords. And I love, like, they do some crazy tests and they'll chop into bone or ice and other stuff and to see if they can get this sword to break. And some of the swords do, like they chip and they bend because they're, they're not pure. They weren't made as well as they could be. But listen, we have a sword that won't bend, that won't break, 
that is stronger than any other sword. We have a sword that is so sharp that it can slice through lies. We have a sword so sharp that it can give life. It can combat the enemy. We have the very word of God. Now think about the word of God. Who is the word? The word became flesh. Jesus The word shows us Jesus. The word brings us to Jesus. Remember we said at the beginning, putting on the armor of God is really just applying the gospel, understanding the truth of Jesus. The word, the word will nourish our soul. It will be an offensive weapon. It will be a defensive weapon. Spend time in the word. If we are going to make it through this battle, we must be in the word of God. We have no other place to go. We have no other weapons but the word of God, the truth of God. And do you notice how these things keep kind of intertwining? The belt of truth. Well, isn't that the sword of the spirit? It's God's just saying, I just want you to be clothed with truth of Jesus Christ. And the spirit of God is the one who illuminates the word of God. And he will remind us and he will strengthen us. And the last weapon doesn't really seem so much like a weapon. The last thing he says is praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and pray also for me that words would be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Interesting. I'm thinking like if I'm standing there and I've got the army coming at me, um, I'm either like ducking for cover or I'm looking for a tree to get behind or I mean, okay, granted prayer is probably going to be part of the arsenal at that moment, right? But so much of this, he says, listen, I don't even want you to just be praying about your lists of things. God, please protect me. He says, listen, I want you to be praying all the time in this battle. Be praying all the time. It says in the spirit. That is not talking about praying in tongues. This is just saying, I want you to be led by the Spirit in your prayers. I want the Spirit of God to shape your heart so that you pray the kind of prayers that are in line with the Word of God. And I want the Spirit of God to to strengthen me to be praying. So he says, I want you to pray in the Spirit. And then he says, with all prayer and all supplications, praying all the time. And and to be alert. Do you realize that prayer is a way that it keeps our mind engaged in the battle? It's so easy to just... I, mean, I remember um, a lot of basketball illustrations today. I remember I played basketball uh, at, against the Gallaudet University. They are not... Uh, they can't hear. Um, or, yeah. And so the, the referees would say that when the whistle would blow, the other players might not stop. So you need to be prepared. And so, you know, the whistle would blow and you kind of relax and all of a sudden you'd get pounded because you took a break because the other team couldn't hear the whistle. How often do we, in, in the war, we're like, oh, whew, there's a little break, got a rest, and all of a sudden, Phew! okay? He says, I want you to be praying all the time because as you pray, your mind is engaged into the battle. You will be prepared. Be alert. And then it says, and make supplication. Lift up the saints. Be praying for others. When we're focused on ourselves, boy, that's not good for the battle. He says, I want you to be lifting up others because guess what? We're in the battle together and we need each other in this battle. And then he says, and pray for me that I would boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel. He's saying part of your prayers is praying that the gospel would go forward. 
You see, we're not just called to, to hunker down. We're actually called to pray for the advancement of the gospel. Yes. So, we are in a war, but God has graciously provided for us through Jesus Christ. And we are going to have to clothe ourselves constantly, daily, with that whole armor. Remember, God fights our battles. So as you head out into the battle, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day that you've given us. And God, thank you so much that you have won the war and that you've left us in here in this battle so that we can grow to know you more, so that our faith can be refined, so that our hope and you can become stronger, so that we can enjoy you more. But God, you've also done it so that more people can come to saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. God, help us not think of the battle as just something to endure. But God, you have called us into battle to stand firm against the devil. And we are reminded that the gates of hell will not stop the kingdom of God. So let us be ambassadors who bring good news. Let us be those who have hope and faith and joy in the midst of a battle. And we bring that to those around us. And Father, we lift up, as Paul calls us to, our brothers and sisters around the world. Give them strength against the schemes of the evil one. And God, we pray that, that those who have been given gifts of evangelism would use those gifts even more strongly. But God, for each one of us, that we would look for opportunities to share the hope of Jesus Christ with those around us.